It was the 20th of August, 1698, and Sir Henry Hobart had been gravely wounded. He'd been taken back to his home, Blickling Hall, after a duel didn't work out in his favour. It was at Blickling that Sir Henry died, and it's the place that his ghost has been lurking ever since. There's been a property on the site of the current Blickling Hall since the 15th century. Sir John Fastolf was the hall's original owner. Sir John made his fortune in the Hundred Years' War, and his coat of arms is still on display today. The hall's most famous resident lived there with her family between 1499 and 1505. Her name was Anne Boleyn, who, along with her two surviving siblings, Mary and George, was born at the hall. There are some historians who believe that Anne was born in 1507 at her other childhood home, Hever Castle. Anne would become the second wife of Henry VIII and lost her head after she was accused of high treason. The house seen today was built on the ruins of the building the Boleyns once lived in. It was built by Sir Henry Hobart after he purchased the property in 1616. Sir Henry was the Lord Chief Justice of the Common Pleas, which was the second highest common law court at that time. It was his descendant, also named Sir Henry Hobart, who took part in the fatal duel decades later. What caused that fatal duel? Like most teenagers, Sir Henry Hobart found himself knighted at the age of 13 by Charles II. As an adult, he became the owner of Blickling Hall and served as a Member of Parliament. However, in 1689, Sir Henry lost his seat at Parliament and he held his friend, Oliver Leneve, a lawyer, responsible. Sir Henry had introduced a private bill into Parliament on Oliver's behalf a year earlier. Upon losing his seat at Parliament, Sir Henry blamed Oliver, believing that his former friend had spread rumours about him. You could say that Sir Henry couldn't let go of a grudge, as he never forgot what he felt was Oliver's betrayal of him, and finally challenged Oliver to a duel nearly ten years later. Oliver accepted the challenge. It took place at Corston, halfway between Blickling Hall and Oliver's home, Great Witchingham Hall. Normally in a duel, seconds were used by each party, whose job it was to make sure the duel was carried out under honourable conditions, with weapons deemed to be equal. Seconds were also responsible for deciding how long the duel would last, and what conditions would end it. However, Sir Henry and Oliver chose not to use seconds. Although Oliver was left-handed, Sir Henry was confident the duel would work out in his favour, as he was a fine swordsman. Sir Henry wounded Oliver in the arm, but his sword got caught up in his opponent's coat. Oliver seized his opportunity and stabbed Sir Henry in the stomach. The details of the duel came from a servant girl who watched the duel through the branches of some bushes she had hidden in. The duel was the last one fought in the county of Norfolk and it was also to be Sir Henry's last. He was taken back to Blickling Hall where he died the next day. 
As for Oliver, he fled to Holland after the duel was declared illegal. Oliver was found guilty of manslaughter, but was eventually pardoned. The last person to privately own Blickling Hall was Philip Kerr, also known as Lord Lothian. He was an ambassador to the USA and played a vital role in securing America's support for the British war effort in World War II, mainly the Lend-Lease programme. Kathleen Graver worked at the hall from 1936 to 1939. She started working as a scullery maid and was promoted to kitchen maid. She slept in a room in the attic and had half a day each week to do with as she pleased. Her workday was long, starting at 5am and ending at 10pm. During her employment at Blickling, she only saw Lord Lothian three times. Lord Lothian died on the 12th of December 1940, but the future of the hall was secure. At that time, many country estates were in danger of being broken up and sold off. Lord Lothian was involved in the Country Houses scheme, which aimed to stop this from happening. As per his wishes, the estate was given to the National Trust, who would preserve the house for future generations. The house was requisitioned in World War II and served as the officers' mess of nearby RAF Alton. RAF servicemen and women were billeted within Blickling's grounds in Nissan huts. The lake on the estate was used to practice dinghy drills. The hall was derequisitioned after the war ended and years later a museum was created on the estate as a tribute to those who had served. Blickling opened to the public in 1962. Visitors can explore the hall and roam the grounds. The estate covers 4,777 acres and the garden alone has 55 acres. Within the garden itself can be found woodlands, a kitchen garden, informal and formal gardens and an 18th century yew hedge. The house is home to a historically significant collection of books, including the Blickling Homilies. A homily is a commentary that follows a reading of scripture and the Blickling homilies are one of the earliest examples of English vernacular homiletic writings in existence. The oldest book in the library is manuscript that dates back to the 1100s and contains the dialogues of Pope Gregory the Great. As each day ends and the sun begins to set, Blickling Hall's spirits come to life. The original owner of the hall, Sir John Falstaff, has been seen all around the house. Sir Henry Hobart, who lost his life in the duel, likes to stick to the room he died in, the southwest turret bedroom. A dog owned by a National Trust warden would refuse to enter that room. Instead, the dog would stand near the door and growl. Sir Henry's cries of agony are often heard. A woman wearing a long grey dress has been seen floating through the hall. Her identity remains a mystery, but her clothes seem to indicate that she is from a period after Amberlynn's time on this earth. In 1979, an employee walked into the long gallery and saw the woman sitting at a table with an open book before her. 
The Grey Lady vanished as the employee approached her. The book the Grey Lady had been reading contained photos of the artist Holbein's paintings and was open at a portrait thought to be of Anne Boleyn. Around World War II, a butler encountered the Grey Lady by the lake. He asked if she was looking for someone, to which the woman replied, That for which I search has long since gone. The butler turned his attention towards the house for a brief moment, and when he looked back, he asked if she was looking for someone, to which the woman replied, That for which I search has long since gone. The butler turned his attention towards the house for a brief moment, and when he looked back, the lady had vanished. Thomas Boleyn, father to Mary Anne and George Boleyn, died a few years after Anne and George were executed for high treason, incest and adultery. He'd stood by his children, but is paying the price for it on the other side. Every year on the anniversary of Anne's death, the 19th of May, Thomas has to cross 12 bridges in the area before sunrise. He carries his head under his arm and flames shoot from his mouth. One variation of the story says that as he goes about his task, he is followed by screaming demons. Thomas's task isn't about to end any time soon. He has to do this every year for 1,000 years. George Boleyn also makes an appearance on the 19th of May. At night, he is dragged across the countryside surrounding the hall by four headless horses. Stories of the ghostly happenings at Blickling Hall wouldn't be complete without the tales about Anne Boleyn's ghost. And yes, you guessed it, Anne also appears on the 19th of May. On the anniversary of her beheading, a carriage pulled by four headless horses and driven by a headless coachman arrives at Blickling. The coach travels up the driveway slowly, stopping when it reaches the entrance. Anne, dressed in white, gets out of the carriage, her head tucked under her arm. As Anne makes her way towards the hall, the coach vanishes and Anne is left to wander the hall until the sun rises. An administrator who lived at the hall in 1985 may have heard Anne as she walked the corridors on her death anniversary. He was lying in bed when he heard light footsteps approaching his bedroom door. He thought there was nothing to worry about, thinking it was his wife. Then he realised she was asleep next to him. He quickly turned on the light, expecting to see someone, but no one was there. Blickling Hall is home to a portrait of Elizabeth I, daughter of Anne Boleyn. The portrait had been sent off for cleaning one day, and as it was being taken back to Blickling, the vehicle transporting it broke down at 11.15pm. The portrait eventually made it back to the hall, and the two men delivering the painting carried it into the dining room, while two employees waited in the hallway. When the delivery men were asked if someone needed to sign for the painting, the men said that a woman had signed for it in the dining room. The staff members were confused, as they were the only employees on site. 
The delivery form was checked for a signature, but the paper was blank. The date certainly stood out to the staff members. It was the 19th of May. Had Anne Boleyn signed for the portrait of her daughter? It seems that if you want to experience paranormal activity at Blickling Hall, then a certain date might be the time to visit. It's easy to see why the National Trust once called the property the most haunted house in England. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nightmares Before Bedtime. You can support the show in a number of ways. You can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash nightmares before bedtime. You can follow the nightmares over on Twitter at nightmaresbb. I'll speak to you all again soon and in the meantime, don't have nightmares.